Think you need to compromise who you are to advance your career as a black or brown woman? Think again. Because there's a playbook for corporate America and those aren't the rules. But you won't find it in college or on the job. I know, because I learned the hard way. And now I'm here to show you how the game is played. Hi, I'm Linda Talaferro, the Vice President of Quality at a global technology company and founder of The Tea, The Extra Effort, where I help black and brown women like you change the trajectory of their career with one-on-one coaching, workshops, and this podcast, Being Brown at Work. If you want to know how black and brown women are navigating everything from microaggressions to being the only person of color in the room so they can blaze their trail through corporate America, listen now. Greetings. Greetings, everyone. Yes, my favorite time of the week. Let's just get that out the way because you know I'm going to say it. So let's just get it out the way. Being Brown at Work Live. And if you were with us two weeks ago, you know this young woman that has joined us yet again to talk about this critical subject. If you missed it two weeks ago, you definitely, of course, I know you're a subscriber. Of course you are. If you're not, subscribe. But catch that replay from two weeks ago where we really dug into gaslighting. We really talked about two weeks ago, what is it and the impact it can have on black and brown women. But what I'm gonna do is we kick off this part two with Zanika Chapman. What we're gonna do is open this session with a reminder of what gaslighting is, but a fun fact, because she just shared this with me before we came live and I have never heard of it. And I wanted her to share it with you. So, Sonika, for those of those people that didn't join us last week, share with them this fun fact on gaslighting. For those of you who didn't join us last week, y'all would know I also had like a really fun analogy around gaslighting last week, too. So true. Very true. (laughs) So it gets a little bit of how my brain works. But I was telling Linda before we went live that. I found this like crazy fun fact. So y'all can kind of research it. It, It's internet research, y'all. So we know how that goes. But it it was saying that the term gaslighting, because I'm going to read it because I want to say it like I saw it, uh, comes from a 1938 play by Patrick Hamilton, known in America as Angel Street. But later, this play was adapted into a film called Gaslight by Alfred Hitchcock. And in the film... Uh, the husband, there's a husband who tries to make his wife think that she's losing her mind by making subtle changes in her environment, including slowly and steadily dimming the flame on a gas lamp. And so it goes on to talk about kind of all the what happens with the wife, that she starts to second guess herself, her feelings, her perceptions, even her memories. Mm. Starts to feel neurotic and hypersensitive, just out of control, which the goal, you know, of gaslighting. That's what the goal of gaslighting is. And so because this film was an accurate portrayal of the controlling and toxic actions that manipulative people use, psychologists and counselors began to label this type of emotional abuse gaslighting. Isn't that crazy? Uh, But, you know, crazy as it may sound, appropriate, spot on it is, though. And I have to say, yeah, okay, we have to question because it's internet, but it sounds like, I mean, it makes sense to me because that's exactly what gaslighting is. Manipulative movement to make you think what happened 
what did happen, how you felt about it, all those things are not true. Yeah. Didn't happen. Oh, you've been blah, blah, blah. Right. So I can see Alfred Hitchcock (laughs) contributing to that. Yes. And there's more history about Alfred Hitchcock that he really, you know, anytime I heard that little song, I was out the room. I never stuck Mm. around. But that he really always was trying to make some type of social message. Wow. Mm -hmm. Uh Well, there you have it. So for those of you who needed to be caught up on what gaslighting is, I thought that was an excellent example. Fun fact, who knows? Uh, could be absolutely 100% true. We, Like I said, we know the internet. But if any of you want to fact check that and send us yes. some comments or messages, like please do, please do. But this is part two, as I said, and I want to focus this session on how do we handle this in the workplace? So we are in the workplace dealing with, as Black and brown women, what we know to be true when someone says something or someone does something or we experience something over and over again and we start to question it and we push back and then we're told, oh, you know, well, that was for your development. It's really part of leadership growth. Or is that really what you heard? Oh, I didn't hear it that way. Or why are you so upset? I mean, that's he didn't, he or she didn't mean X, Y, Z when they said exactly what they meant. So how do we day to day, month to month, year to year, handle that such that we do not suffer the repercussions that we shared in the first, in the first session? So Zanika, from your experience and your work, you work with women, in particular black and brown women, um, helping them deal with workplace trauma so that when they get, so they could get on the other side of trauma like this and be successful. Have you dealt with particularly in your clients specific gaslighting situations? And can you share a little bit about how you guide them through that type of trauma? Yeah. So I think one of the important things is a lot of clients, and I'm sure you see this too, Linda. They think it's gaslighting. They're not sure. But now we've already kind of let everybody know what that is. And that's one of the things that, you know, I often do with my clients, whether they come from, you know, workplace bullying, because that's a thing, too, that I I, mm-hmm. I talk about in my coaching practice. But or if it's just, you know, regular old toxicity that they can't quite put a name to. And one of the first things that I help them do is just like you have to acknowledge what it is that mm-hmm. you experienced and acknowledge your feelings around it. Because being gaslit and being manipulated in this way and being questioned, it just has a way of breaking your confidence. It's it's really the work that we do is putting their confidence back together. But you can't start to heal if you don't acknowledge what it is that has happened to you and start to actually start to get some distance from it, which I know everybody thinks that you can't, you know, you can't do these things in in a work environment. I have to work with this person or I have to work with that person. Yeah, maybe you do, but maybe you don't have to give them as much mental and emotional space as you've been giving them. Yes, I think that's so important. We touched on it a little bit two weeks ago, but we wanted to save it for this session because we're now on the methodologies and tools side to deal with it. But you're absolutely right, Saniki. You have to call a thing a thing. You have to appropriately, clearly, and without reservation, identify it. But again, I mean, you know, that in itself could be difficult because we're already told 
that we are, we overreact, you know, we're angry black women, we can't, you know, what you're experiencing or how you're feeling, oh, that's just too much. And it's not really like that. So just that first step alone can be daunting. It can be, you know, extremely challenging for somebody to say, I have been bullied or, and, or gaslighting is happening. So, so when you, when you're trying to help your clients at least do that foundational fundamental thing, is there some things you, some tools you give them to help them get out of their own way and allow them to really call the thing, the thing? Yeah. I think one of the things, and we might have talked about this before, Linda, that I do is like, I I will oftentimes show my clients, we, we oftentimes talk about where some of these stereotypes and myths come from, just mm. around being a Black woman. And yes. because, you know, and in my program, we talk about disruption and people get terrified about that word. But what it really is, yeah. is really kind of picking apart why we are working. And when I say working, I mean, in a corporate environment, in a nine to five environment, why we are working the way that we're working. And a lot of it, you know, we talk about mindset a lot, but there are a lot of mindset and beliefs and attitudes that we carry as Black women, and we carry that into the workplace. So this mm. this feeling of having to exist and exhibit a certain way, having to work a certain way, having to overwork ourselves just to be seen and heard, um, having to work twice as hard as everyone else yes. or not questioning, right? As Black yes. women, questioning yes. authority yes. because, you know, as descendants of oppressed people, questioning could get you killed. Mm-hmm. And so Absolutely. we carry that in the workplace too, right? Of not wanting to kind of push the bounds or, or test authority. And so that's part of the work that I do is really helping women understand where do these things come from and come how from. are they showing up for us yes. at work? Talk a lot about Absolutely. relationships and all of that, but how does it show up for us when we go to work? Absolutely. And so Nika, that's why for me, as you probably, I know you've heard me often say, who you are personally is who you are professionally. Yeah. And the connection you just made, I mean, just we as a people questioning authority, yes, has gotten us killed. And so there's, and and, and I know I, I was raised, my mother, it will be 95 next month, right? Born in the Great Depression era. And yeah. so I was raised in this environment where you don't question, you keep your head down, you work hard and you just do what they tell you to do. That's all she knew, right? And she grew up as a factory worker, told what she was supposed to do. And Linda, you don't rough feathers, you know, you just don't, you know, just keep it moving. Uh, And we've had, obviously, a lot of conversation around that. And it's been interesting for her as she's gotten older. But, you know, and and she will say, yeah, you know, you guys do things differently. (laughs) And thank goodness we do. But my point is, that's what I remember growing up, right? So who I am, I show up in the workplace, that person in the back of my mind, my mother in my ear. So I think it's so important for us to understand that as we're trying to identify this. You know, Barrington joined us and he says, been learning a lot about gaslighting this month, this in the workplace and the need to identify it. He's like, great topic because some people don't know about gaslighting. And I truly believe he's right. I think although you and I and our clients we're dealing with and working with our clients on a regular basis, there's still a handful or more of us that don't know how to identify it mm-hmm. and then therefore understand it such that they can then do something about it. Yeah. 
Yeah, Whitney said. So it just so, yes, that's why this is your first key, your first recommendation to really know what it is and then speak it out, build mm-hmm. that confidence to say, this is what's happening to me is so important. Was mm-hmm. there more you wanted to share? Well, and I just wanted to share just you know, to the point where you talked about some of it being just difficult to say too. Like the other thing that I like to do, which is so simple, is to show my clients like the wheel would be motion because we tend to only want to function on one side of that, which is positive, right? And of course us, we don't want to be mad. But listen, if somebody is gaslighting you, you are a human being having a human experience. If you're a black woman, black man, you know, we don't want to be angry because we're always labeled that. But guess what? That's a natural emotion. Yes. It's a natural emotion. When you start to understand gaslighting is really a form of manipulation and emotional abuse, how do you think you're supposed to feel? You might be a little Mm. little off about that. Yes. Oh my gosh, Anika, it's just so interesting that you talk about the emotion wheel and that we tend to lean to the positive side of it. Because Barrington, who I thank you for joining, he's so engaged. He says, I'd say most people want validation from their coworkers and supervisors about their work success, about the positive side of it. To your point, right? we, We tend to focus on the positive side of the emotion wheel. So we want to feel good and we want to have those conversations. But when it comes to really identifying those challenges, like the one we're talking about, you're right. I mean, that's going to tick you off. And you're like, wait a minute. (laughs) And you have to deal with that when you are really trying to focus as Barrington shared. Okay, let's talk about my successes. Let's talk about how well I did that. Let's talk about this, how good I am in that part. Yeah. I'm not sh- sure how I can handle what's over here when actually what's over here is heavily impacting your yeah. ability to truly be successful and be fully uh, recognized for what you bring to the table. Would you not? Uh, would you not agree? Of course. A hundred percent. I agree with that. Yeah. 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 OK. So one of your first recommendations is identify. That'll help build confidence. Right. Yes. And then you use the emotion wheel to help that identification process. Absolutely love it. So where would you recommend a person then go once they've, okay, yes, I see, Zaneka, what you're talking about. You've showed me I can grasp it now. And yes, that's what I'm, that's what I'm in at the moment. Okay. Yeah. So now where do I go? Yeah. And it's so funny that Barrington talks about the validation. I think the next phase of just the work that I do is helping people to release The idea, the belief, the story, the thought that you can change other people. Mm. Because people, Mm. at least the women that I see in my practice who are really broken, you know, after toxic, after toxic, after toxic, toxic workplace, is they are looking for validation. They know they're like, hey, whatever happened to me was wrong. And nobody like nobody spoke up. And that's why they can't get out of the story. But you have to start to release that. That it really doesn't matter what you do. You can't change other people's actions. You don't have any control over it. Gosh, and Zaneka, you know, I got to, I'm sorry. I'm going to take this and connect it to who we are sometimes as Black women, personally. Because we can get in relationships thinking we can fix someone. (laughs) And, oh, you know what? But Linda, I really was into him. And I felt like I could change him. And that's personal. People are thinking, why is she talking about that? Because when you go in the workplace, 
you're not going to change, Michael, just like you might not. You, you may, can't even change your boss's thought. And that's your boss. Nope. You, you cannot. Right. They are fundamentally who they are. Now, some people I have experienced some people. And I think it's just the nature of who they are, that they're open to realizing that they possibly had a, a the wrong narrative, wrong perspective, and they end up evolving, growing, right? You, you can run into those individuals. Absolutely. Nine, nine times out of 10, which is why I love what you're sharing, Zanika, it's the mindset, right? Don't go in thinking you're going to change everybody because the likelihood of you being able to do that is probably slim. And if you sit around waiting for the validation to do that, here we are. Go ahead. You were going to read to say? No, I was just going to agree with you. And and I think one of the things that I tell my clients all the time, and, and I think we talked about this last last time too, Linda, is you have to learn to validate your own experience. Yes. Your experience is already valid. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. You've got to validate yourself. You have to be able to look in that mirror and know who that you know who you see, yeah. irrespective of if anybody else in that workplace agrees with you. You got to know that, you know, it's yeah. like the shirts you have on, right? That we bought from a I fellow. Yes. Call. I belong on the call. I belong in the room and I belong at the table. Right. I have I love the same this. shirt. Right. And that's so true. I love the fact that Lisa Medley provided that vehicle for us to walk to show that. Yeah, look, and I when I posted on IG, I was like, yes, I do because <laughs> I know that I do. Yeah. And I think that is just so critically important. So, okay. So first we talked about, remember a couple of weeks ago, Zanika joined us and we talked about what gaslighting is and how it affects black and brown women in the workplace. Frankly, how it affects anyone in the workplace, but mostly people of color. If you missed that, please go back and revisit that session. This session, what we're focusing on is, okay, now you know what it is. How do you handle it if, you, if you're being faced with it? And so Janika, Janika said with us, <clears throat> hey, first of all, identify it. You have to be able to call a thing a thing, know exactly what it is, and then speak it out loud. That is exactly what you're dealing with. And in doing so, it can build your confidence, as she so aptly shared. Also, Janika shared with us that when she works with her clients, she uses the emotional will to help show them if they're real struggling on how to identify gaslighting. She shows them, which I absolutely loved that. I thought that was just phenomenal, phenomenal. And then because Barrington was sharing with us on validation, love this next one she mentioned. You got to be able to support yourself, validate, advocate yourself because you're not going to be able to change individuals. So as I continue to read some comments, and why don't you take us maybe into the next steps that you that you would recommend? Yeah. So so now we kind of can move into this phase where we can analyze it. Right. Because now, you know, your, your spirit is a little fortified to get your swag back. And now we're at a place where we might can say specifically, let's name the situation here and tell me what you felt. So, you know, OK, this thing triggered me in this way. Did you like your reaction? Right. So this thing event trick was a trigger. Here's what I felt, thought in that moment. And then here's what I did, right? Mm. It's, it's, it's somewhere between I went off or I didn't do anything. (laughs) Right. Definitely. And, and no, no judgment, right? Yeah. But did you like that reaction? And if the answer is no, usually it's not. No, we don't like going off, right? 
Right. We don't like to be taken out of ourselves. And sometimes we don't like to do anything. But sometimes right. you like that answer, right? If you know Gaslight and Gabby is always on Gaslight, you might be at a point where walking away works. Mm. Is everything. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. But it's 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 doing those other steps first that now you can analyze, okay, these things trigger me in this way. And now I can plan for them. Mm. Strategy. Because we know Gaslight and Gabby is going to do her thing whenever she get a chance. Mm -hmm. But you're going to be ready with how you choose to react. Because it's all about owning your choices. Yes. And wouldn't you say, Zanika, at least from my personal experience, and I'm glad you used the Gaslight and Gabby example, because those people who gaslight tend to just are always those people who gaslight, right? Um, and you you can identify them, call them out. You can even know when they're about to do it after a while, right. You mean you, right? Because there's things that take them down that path. Would you agree that once you figure that out and you find out what works for you in those situations, whether it's walk away, whether it's address it, whether whatever it is, I have found that the gaslighting Gabbies tend to dial it back a notch or so because yeah. they're not getting from you what they thought they were going to get. Yeah, they yeah? do. And I would even look at it in a different way too, Linda. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. I think part of the work is you're okay with your reaction. There we are. And, and I don't know. I agree with you. Maybe they do dial it back because we always feel that way. But I also, I wonder if it's the other way around of, I just don't like pay any attention. She's just buzzing around over there. And I'm <laughs> exactly. And it affects me not at all. Exactly. No, absolutely. Absolutely. That could be the case for sure. For sure. Because they tend fundamentally not to go anywhere. They're still around fundamentally. That's so true. And so, okay. So Zanika, you come up with the fact that you know your triggers and you've come up with maybe, I don't know, one, two, three different approaches you take, depending on the situation or the scenario. What would you say to somebody that says, you know what, I, I mean, why do I have to be the one that, you know, that does the work? I mean, why do they get a pass? You're telling me, Linda and Seneca, that I'm the, I got to keep doing all the work while these people clearly are wrong. And they're, you know, hitting me up, you know, just trying to knock me off my square, whatever their issue is, you know, trying to hold me back. I, I don't get it. Help me understand why I have to continue to do the work. Because your success is up to you. Oh, there it is. There you it know, is. And, and I, I get it. Listen, I am a black woman working in corporate America. I get it. Sometimes you, you do feel like, why do I have to do all the work? But my success is up to me. And I am not making the choice to allow gaslighting Gabby to knock me off my own person. Mm. Because, you know, and, and Linda, you see it. When people are coming to us and they're in a coaching session, their brains are in it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And they're telling Absolutely. us this story multiple times and you can see the emotion. And I and I get all of that. Right. And I, I get the frustration mm -hmm. and just constantly having to deal with it. But I also think, and I have just, I've learned this from kind of my own coaching journey and my own experience too, of really managing myself. It's all I can do. That's it. 
That's it. And to create the change that we want to see, I can't do it from a place of being, being completely unnerved and unrattled all the time. Absolutely. Like Ms. Nick said, that's good because it was. <laughs> that's good. We are responsible and in control of our own success. 100%. That's why doing the work is critical. Yeah. That's why you have to stay steadfast and focused. Sanika wouldn't be where she is in her corporate career. I wouldn't be where I am in mine if we haven't hadn't done it and if we don't still continue to do it. Because don't believe now. <laughs> I just need right. y'all to know. <laughs> don't believe because she and I sitting here talking to you about it that we don't deal with this on a regular basis. Yeah. We still do. And can we I just look- say too, Linda, when you do the work, you start to see the other opportunities, right? You start yes. to see where I can start to, I can distance myself. I don't always have to be, you know, in a project with this person or interacting with this person. I can start to maybe document some things a little bit differently because now I understand what's happening to me. I know what gaslighting is. I understand my triggers and I know how I want to react. So now maybe I can start to document things a little bit differently, or now I can start to plan an exit strategy. But I think that's the other part of what doing the work gets you. It gets you in a place where you can start to create opportunities for yourself because the goal of the person who's gaslighting you is to throw you off your course. That's exactly it. Bottom line. That's, That's it. That's it. And you made a statement. I think you also said it's a choice, right? You can choose to allow them to do so, or you can choose not to. But it is your choice because you are in control. Phenomenal, Ms. Chapman, which you always are on these subjects when you go live with me, which I truly appreciate you doing. I mean, this was such a critical topic, like Barrington said earlier, you know, some people don't understand it. Some people are still talking about it. Uh, Consuela joined us too. She says, sometimes gaslighting is the culture of the organization. You're absolutely right, Consuela. Sometimes it's not just Gabby. It's the entire organization. You are absolutely correct. And everything that Zanika shared with us in this session prepares you to determine, like in Consuela's example, whether or not, as what Zanika just said, you need an exit strategy. Because maybe that is the solution. Maybe that's the step. But even in that exit, if you get, if that's the end goal or direction, you still got to do this other part of the work, I truly believe, to be successful in the exit strategy and to allow it to re- repeat again. Would you agree, Zanika? I don't think you just yeah. wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, as always, this time just flies by. <laughs> but this was awesome. Zanika, I can't express how much I deeply appreciate you sharing your wisdom, your expertise, your personal experience. And every session we've been on together, I would ask you guys, if you did not, I said this earlier, but seriously, if you didn't catch part one of this, please go back and, and, and listen to part one and then come back and listen to this part two. If there's anything about what Zanika shared with you in these steps today that you need a little bit more clarity on, please reach out to her directly. I know she would be very happy to expound, give you some more context. Hey, if you are dealing with work, with workplace trauma, excuse me, and you need someone to help you get on the other side of the trauma, that's exactly what she specializes in. So definitely re- out, reach out to her. Thank you again, Zanika. Love you. Appreciate you so much. 
for always saying yes when I reach out to you to share uh, with who we know is an audience that doesn't get as much focus and attention as they need, doesn't get focus or attention that they deserve, yeah. which is my whole purpose with being Brown at Work Live. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining. And I just say to you, Linda, thank you so much for the work that you do because you've been doing it long before it was cool. You are an OG, mm. you are a mentor turned friend to me. And I think you're absolutely right. I don't think that there are enough coaching and career development and personal development opportunities for um, black and brown people in general and black and brown women specifically. And so I just want to thank you for being a trailblazer in this profession and really kind of leading the path and showing the way for people like me. So tip my hat to you, Miss Linda. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. All right, lady, take care. Thank you everyone for joining live. And for those of us, those of you catching on replay, Thank you for showing up. Would love to hear from you. Take care. Bye-bye. If you found this podcast empowering and are ready to master the skill that can take you anywhere, get my free guide, Workplace Confidence, in the resources section of this episode.